Hey guys, my name is Grace, and you are listening to Dream Green. Today's episode is a very serious episode involving environmental racism. Environmental racism is a type of discrimination where people of low income or minority communities are forced to live in close proximity to environmentally hazardous or degraded environments, such as toxic waste, pollution, urban decay, and the effects of climate change. I thought this would be a good thing to cover in today's episode because of the time we are living in right now, where police brutality is being recorded, as well as other acts of racism in the everyday lives of African Americans. There are now thousands of Black Lives Matter movement protests nationwide. While these stemmed from a video of police brutality against George Floyd, protests are calling for equality in all aspects, not just justice against police brutality, although that may be the first step. For total equality, all aspects of racism must be acknowledged, understood, and action must be taken to eliminate it. Dream Green is an environmental podcast, so we will be covering what environmental racism is, examples of it in America, how it affects people, and what people are doing to stop it. Like I was saying before, when we think of racism, we probably think about police brutality and the criminal justice system. But environmental racism is one aspect that is often overlooked. One study found that Black Americans making fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year are more likely to live in polluted neighborhoods than White Americans who make just ten thousand dollars a year. A commonly known example of environmental racism is Flint, Michigan. They protested their dirty water contaminated with lead for over a year, but were ignored because the state wanted to save that money it would cost to fix the problem. Flint is 56% black, and that is how environmental racism plays out. Another example, also in Michigan, is Detroit. Detroit is surrounded by industries like salt mining, steel production, oil refinery, and coal burning. 1.6 million pounds of chemicals enter that community yearly. The lack of action taken by the government causes serious health effects, Detroit holds the largest numbers of children with asthma in the state. This problem is not only in Michigan, however. Another case of environmental racism is called Cancer Alley in Louisiana. It covers an 85-mile stretch of land between New Orleans and Baton Rouge near the Mississippi River. This area is predominantly black and is overrun with over 150 plants and refineries. Residents now call it Death Alley because of the high rates of death because of cancer in the area. Native Americans are also unquestionably victims of environmental racism. The Commission for Racial Justice found that more than 50% of all Native Americans live in communities with uncontrolled hazardous waste sites. Environmental racism also allows the people living in areas that climate change has affected most not to have the protection it deserves. For example, The Tuvalu's Islands, an independent nation within the British Commonwealth, is facing the reality of disappearing because of the rising sea levels due to climate change. The residents are becoming the world's first climate change refugees and are not getting sufficient help. There is a branch of government that is designed to tackle these issues in America. That is the Environmental Protection Agency. However, it has been proven to be unresponsive. Nine out of ten reports go either rejected or dismissed by the agency. They claim to help protect the environment and the people from harmful effects of the facilities, 
but it is clearly not living up to their claims if 90% of complaints are ignored. But there is a movement trying to fix this, as well as spread the word about environmental racism. It is called the Environmental Justice Movement. GreenAction.org described the environmental justice movement as an intergenerational, multiracial, and international movement that protects environmental, economic, and social justice by recognizing the direct link between the environment and health issues and demanding a safe, clean community and workplace environment. Environmental racism might not be the most well-known form of racism, but it is widespread. When is enough enough? You can help by spreading the word about environmental racism. I will link resources and information down in the description below, and I hope you learned a lot from today's episode, and until next time, bye!